0: Hotel room with soap and fresh towels meant the stenographers would wait. Such was the cold pragmatism of war. Okay, okay. The Englishman ushered the women towards the flickering neon. Don't stay out here all night. There'll be plenty of dead back in the field. That was true, but it was an insult to abandon a body in a city where law and order had been restored. Emmanuel found a stocky policeman enjoying a cigarette under a cherry blossom tree, and an hour later a balding detective with an impressive eagle-beaked nose and sad brown eyes arrived on the scene. He peered into the doorway. Simon Betancourt. The identification, in heavily accented English, was for the benefit of the foreign soldier. Most cases involving the Allied forces were shifted to the handful of bilingual police, Fifty-two years old, listed occupation, washerwoman. You knew her? Emmanuel said. She took in the police station washing and that of many small pensions. A hand was thrust in Emmanuel's direction. Inspector Principal Luc Moreau, you discovered the body? Yes. Your name, please? Major Emmanuel Cooper. And you were on your way to the hotel up there, Emmanuel said. Certain the French detective had already figured that out. The last rain was, Moreau checked his gold wristwatch, about two hours ago. So, Simone has been here longer than that. Others no doubt saw the body and did nothing. Why did you alert the police and wait here for so long at the crime scene? Emmanuel shrugged. I'm not sure. The dead were another part of the war's landscape. Soldiers and civilians, the young and the old, were left unattended and without ceremony in the fields and the rubble. But this washerwoman had resurrected memories of another defenceless female, abandoned a long time ago. It felt wrong to leave her, that's all. Moreau smiled and unwrapped a stick of chewing gum, a habit acquired from the American military police. Even in war, a murder is offensive, no? Maybe so. Emmanuel glanced towards the hotel. Stopping to mark the death of Simon Betancourt would neither rebalance the scales of justice nor dull the memory of fallen friends. And yet he'd remained. The night had grown colder. Jesus, he could be in bed with a stenographer right now. Do me this favour. Moreau scribbled on a page and tore it loose. Go to your woman. Drink, eat, make love, sleep. If tomorrow Simone Betancourt is still on your mind, call me. What's for? Emmanuel pocketed the crumpled paper. When you call, I will give an explanation. Distant church bells chimed eleven a.m. Emmanuel awoke dry-mouthed and loose-limbed amid a tangle of sheets. The brunette, Justine from Sergy, stood naked by the window, devouring a block of ration-packed chocolate. Her body was perfect in the spring sunshine that dazzled through the glass. A pot of black market coffee and a dish of butter pastries were set on the table. Justine climbed back into the bed and Emmanuel forgot about war and injustice and fear. When he awoke a second time, Justine was asleep. He looked at her peaceful face, like a child's. Every element of happiness was right here in this room. But still he felt sadness creep in. He slipped from under the sheets and went to the window. Directly below the hotel's precarious wrought-iron balcony, was the cobblestone lane where Simon Betancourt had died in the rain. That a life could be so easily taken without justice or recognition was a lesson he'd learned in childhood. Leading a company of soldiers through war had confirmed that nothing was sacred. It was strange how after four years of training and fighting, the memory of his mother's death still lurked in the shadows, ready to ambush the present. Emmanuel retrieved the detective's telephone number and smoothed the paper flat. He would phone Inspector.